everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Is my mic plugged in? It is plugged in. Why did yeah. I feel like it was it just I couldn't see the cable because it blended in with the farm. It was black on black. Oh. I was like, is it plugged in at all? But I know it's plugged in because I just set up that that was the mic that I'm using to record and the light's on. So I'm just being dumb. Mm, I mean, hey, it's a Sunday. It's been a long week. I get it. I get it. It has. We are recording this the day it goes up because we are amazing. Yeah, we definitely pre-plan and get things done on time. We are the most professional (laughs) of anime podcasters we do a fantastic job nobody add us in those comments unless you feel like it we know you're going to just get it over with yeah yeah it's it's just been a bit of a week for both of us i feel like it uh we this is the first time that we have done a two core in a very long time and i think we both kind of underestimated it i knew what i was going into I just didn't Mm -hmm. expect my week to fall apart the way that it did to where I would be trying to rush and scramble to get it finished on time. Yeah. So, yeah, I I spent my lunch breaks at work watching it, trying to get it finished. All of my spare time that I wasn't trying to do things to better the podcast and, like, other things going on right now. It's been a time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that as well. It uh, has been very, very cold here in alberta what no no there's no way yeah yeah for like uh i know i was talking about it last week on last week's episode i was saying how uh we were in like top three coldest places in the entire world Mm -hmm. and and, like 13 of those on the top 15 were here in alberta yeah um and i was in like number three on them or something number three or four or something like very very cold um it's not been quite that cold but it has still been very very cold uh this past week to the point where we can't really take the dogs out for a walk because their feet freeze and they're like the tips of their tails and their noses and their ears and stuff will like risk frostbite and stuff so we can't actually take them outside um so they go outside to pee and then they run back in again <laughs> um and then uh yeah that means that we've been pretty limited in the house as well we can't go really shovel the drive stuff like that because going out to do that obviously you have exposed skin and then uh yeah it's it's, it's been kind of weird i i kind of got out of the loop of it because i i didn't have the first few months but this was also a very late starting winter year we had like because i was talking to my parents while i was still out in toronto and um they were saying how, because, like, you know how I always say that there is snow guaranteed before Halloween? Mm-hmm. Snow didn't start till, like, December this year. Like, climate changes. Yeah, climate change really is messed. fucking weird. This week is the first yeah. week that it's actually been just cold. Yeah. it's been It's been very strange. I've burned through so much wood this week. It's been yeah. unreal. Yeah, and I feel like winters are just starting later, and then they're going on longer as well. It's like the, the, the years, like, the weather is rotating yeah it's one of those things i don't feel like winter's necessarily going on longer at least not here but i do feel like it's like gradually starting later like the times of when to expect certain weather is just slowly shifting yeah but then again the huge blizzard we had here that knocked out the power for like a week happened in like the end of march i think of 93 Mm -hmm. so although i wasn't alive to see it everybody talks about it and Apparently, the day before, it was like 70 degrees. 
Then that night, I was supposed to get down and snow. Nobody just expected it to, you know, be six feet of snow and cut out the power for like a week. Yeah. So, yeah, strange, strange shit happening. And it's just random. Nobody can predict the weather. The weather is bullshit. No, well, I mean, there's been so much flooding and, and horrible stuff happening in BC, which is the other side of the mountains to me. Um, so if you're not very good at geography, BC is like the edge of Canada on, on the left side. It's like the, the far edge and it's kind of right above Washington state. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. yeah, so you got BC, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and then Ontario, right? Other way around. Uh, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Ontario. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's been a while since I did geography. But we have um yeah, so BC is on the far side and 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 British Columbia has like water and and you know like Victoria and islands and stuff. And then there's the Rocky Mountains, which obviously still go through America as well, but like the, the, a lot of them are in um BC. And then the other side of the Rocky Mountains are in Alberta. So the pro- the provincial line kind of cuts down in between the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. And BC and also then, provides a lot of the U.S.'s wood supply as mm-hmm. well. So for everybody that's getting pissed off about lumber supplies, it was the flooding. So calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, so many people are getting upset about the cost of materials going up again. And I'm like, look, yeah. like you can't help natural disasters. No. Like people getting pissed off about Colombian beans, too. Like, Columbia yeah. had really bad hurricanes this year, so yeah. shit shit got fucked. Well, BC had a bad season last year as well, because they had quite a few fires that were really devastating last season. Mm-hmm. So the flooding this, this year has definitely not helped as well. So it's, it's been kind of one thing after another with with them, unfortunately. Because um, we, we had a couple big fires out in Alberta a few years back uh, as well. So it, it, But yeah, so we have the mountains. But the, the cold is coming on our side of the mountains so it's coming down from the north and uh and it's it's not really hitting saskatchewan and, and a little bit and but it's not really hitting bc it's kind of scooting along the mountains on our side and blowing right through alberta and probably down i expect i haven't seen montana forecasts i don't look at them but i expect montana has probably been hit with some pretty darn cold winds as well um but yeah so that's that's been my life recently and and uh, uh not great but you know is what it is we're having a good time having a good time yeah yeah we are but today how to pick up slimes in a dungeon is not what i was gonna say <laughs> that time when i got really i excited. love that though <laughs> as a slime is uh what we're covering today it is the first season um, we are most likely going to cover the second season. Second season split into two parts, right? Um, yeah, it's two core like it's... as well. Right. So we are most likely going to cover the second season later on at some point. Um, but yes, this is this is season one. This is our uh, this show. Funnily enough, got me onto the topic of wondering about female lead isekais. And there aren't as many as you would think, but there still no. are quite a bit i didn't expect to find as extensive of a list as i did yeah however i have seen a lot of the female lead isekais which kind of surprised me honestly whenever i was going through them because whenever you first Mm -hmm. asked me that i was like the sock of tanya the evil is the only one that i can think of and then i sent you all those screenshots of those and i'm like i've seen literally all of these except for one 
Yeah, so uh, Brad sent me Kuma 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 Bear, My Next Life is a Villainess, uh, I've Been Killing Slimes for 300 Years and Maxed Out My Level, um, The Saga of Tanya the Evil, uh, Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gale Online, and uh, Bofuri, I Don't Want to Get Hurt, so I'll Max Out My Defense. Um, so if you guys have any other recommendations of female lead isekais, let me know, because like, I, I was watching the show, and as I was watching it, the main character is kind of genderless throughout. I mean, masculine and male, we'll get into it more. But, like, as a slime, they are genderless. He is genderless, kind of, sort of. You, if you've seen the show, you know what I mean. If you haven't, he's a slime, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, the, yeah. the person who got isekai'd was a man. But then yeah. as the slime and then as the body that it eventually gets its hands on, it's all genderless, like 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. So uh, so it, the, the, the kind of gender fluidity of this character got me curious as to like, oh, I can't think of any female lead isekais. It kind of seems like in my head, I was like, oh, it kind of seems like isekais are kind of defined by man thrust into another world and then experiencing some kind of runescape style life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, ah, interesting. I, I wonder if there is. And I asked Brad. So if you have any more, let me know because I'm curious about them and I, I kind of want to see. But you may see some of those ones that we just, um, that I just mentioned there popping up in our schedule to come because yeah i'm very curious now about them well i do kind of after you asked me that i got very like i guess perplexed about our scheduling for last year and kind of how i wanted to go about doing this year and i want to do a little bit more of a variety i guess yeah. because for the anime awards next year i want to be able to do like best slice of life best isekai best fantasy like just i want to add a few more categories that weren't there like best sports anime because i know we yeah. want to do kurokono basuke season two i know freeze got a new film coming out there are yes. a lot of different things coming up that i really want to do and then it's like i was talking to blue about for next week next week's topic very well just might take my slice of life for the year who knows <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you. I want to see uh, lots of different categories. We've kind of already started coming up with new categories as well, which I think we're both kind of excited about. Yeah, just the more absurd and stupid, the better. And I'm so excited for it. Yes, yes. So uh, we've got lots of plans for this coming year. We've got very, very so many. We've got some things coming up very soon that are very exciting. Yeah. I finally have the Twitch for the podcast fully built. It nice. looks absolutely I... wonderful. Yeah. I've been filming bits and pieces of uh, my life here in Alberta, and I was planning on putting together a little short kind of vlog style video, I guess, of Alberta Canadian life, because I have been asked a couple of times what life is like here in the abyss of prairie slash mountain slash cold land. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Put that I, together and stick that on the YouTube channel. I hear it's snow joke this time of year. It is snow joke. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I do have a little... Was... Or go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, Jinx. you do it. <laughs> uh, but then I was also thinking of um, in Toronto, I might see if I can find some good like uh, otaku style shops, like some good nerd nerd shops and stuff and see if I can 
maybe do a little vlog of me going around and checking them all out. I don't know. Is that something you guys would be interested in? On uh, me going on adventures trying to find otaku stuff? I'm Let interested. Know, you should do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I, I realize I'm the business partner in all this, but I totally agree. You should do it. Also, well, cat cafes. Does Toronto have cat cafes? I don't know. I know that Toronto is currently in lockdown, so it may be, this is a long-running idea because, like, COVID. Uh, but I know that Japan, uh, Japan, Toronto has a Japanese cultural center. Ooh, that's that I'm fancy. I'm curious about, and it seems quite extensive from the very basic research that I've done. Like, it doesn't seem like it's, like, a small thing. It seems like they have, like, festivals and stuff that they do. Um, and I, I'm very curious about checking that out as well. It's kind of out of my way, but I'll see if I can if I can get my way there when all of the restrictions lift. Mm-hmm. So I got the most heartbreaking news this week. What? The ramen restaurant in town closed. No, you used to go there for lunch like every day. Uh, I at least went once a week. Like they mm. got so much of my money. I've probably, as much as I don't hate to say this, they've got well over a couple grand from me since I've moved back here. <laughs> It, it's great. I love their ramen so much. And so the fact that they closed down just absolutely gutted me. I am so upset by this because yeah. the place in Chattanooga is not that good. Not that good at all. So I don't want to go a couple towns over to get food just for it to not be anywhere near as good. But have I talked about that place on here before? I don't think so. So I went there with a girlfriend. It was like our second or third date because she knew how much I love ramen. So she wanted me to go there with her. And mm -hmm. for one, I will say their takoyaki, garbage. But mm -hmm. their ramen, although not as good as the place here, it was good. But the thing that blew my mind about it is how quick they got that out to us. Like, I shit you not. Like, this is no exaggeration. I know how I am. I exaggerate things a lot because that's what I do. But I shit you not whenever I tell you that the waiter took our order, walked away, was gone no more than two minutes, and had our food out to us. Wow. I have never had my mind blown in such a manner. Now, granted, I know ramen in Japan is built very similarly to a, like, fast food style thing. Yeah. Where they pretty much have everything prepped except for the noodles. And for the noodles, all they do is boil the boil them for anywhere between like 60 to 90 seconds, depending on how firm or not firm you want your noodles. And then bam, they're done. Soft. Pretty much. And so just the fact that it was done that quickly, I was like, damn. Like my mind was wow. just absolutely blown by that. Yeah, I was watching these these videos of like ramen shops. And it's like, they have like, in Japan, they have chains and they, you go and you go to a machine and you order what you want off of a chain and then it just appears to you like on the counter. Just yeah. Like it's just, you have your own individual booth. Like they'll roll it up a little bit. They'll stick it on your table. And then if you want more, you just ding a bell, write what you want and hand it to them. And then they just bring it back. And I'm like, as an introvert, this is the greatest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. We need places like that here in the States. Kay, thanks. I just still think that gaming and manga cafes and that would be huge over here if somebody took the initiative to, to make them. So there are actually places opening up like that around the U.S. I don't know if you've run across the Gamers Heaven or Haven TikTok account yet. 
No, I haven't. But it's a game and like anime manga store where they have anime figures. They have an entire manga library that you can either sit and read or straight up buy them. They have mm-hmm. a theater room where you can game or watch anime. Like you can hook up your own streaming service or whatever or bring games and stuff to play that you can rent. They have tabletops where you can play D&D and shit like that. They have a mm-hmm. actual cafe where you can get boba and food and shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the coolest things. And they're slowly starting to pop up all over the U.S. And I know they were talking about expanding into things like manga cafes and like Korean barbecue restaurants and all that other kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is the kind of takeover that we definitely need here in the States. And I'd say all over North America as well, just because – that's really cool shit, and it's about time we branch out into more kind of true, authentic kind of like Japanese or just Asian dining experiences in general, because we don't have a lot of that, at least not down here in the South where I am. Yeah, I agree. I think that the it's a huge market, honestly. There's a huge amount of people that are very interested in this, and, and there's a huge amount of money in it, and I feel like... Uh, it it makes a lot of sense for, for businesses to be expanding that way. People need to, especially with COVID, when people go out, they, they're going out for a purpose. They're going out for, like, people don't really go out to just browse stuff anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, entertainment plus food. Yeah, when, when did, like, not having entertainment and food become a thing? Because, like, dinner theater and stuff was, like, a huge thing not that long ago. And now I feel like it, like they went through a period of time where it just it was just about the food, like all food. And now we're like, okay, yeah, but food and culture, like we need something else with the food to make it worth our time of leaving our house and spending money. So that kind of thing, I believe, has been relegated solely to cities that are tourist attractions. Yeah. Because I know being here in Tennessee, the closest thing I can think of to that is the shows and whatnot up in Gatlinburg. So like up in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Like touristy areas like that, things like that will thrive because I know they have the Hatfield and McCoy show where you get like a buffet of food brought to you of like fried chicken and sides and all that other kind of stuff and free refills and you get an entire like hour and a half show yeah and it's all just stuff built like that and you typically don't see that anywhere else because i feel like if you have something like that in the town that you live it might be something that you go see once and then that's going to be about it so there's not enough recurring revenue for a place like that to survive in a normal city whereas if you do it in a tourist-based area then it's a lot easier to market and bring people in because you have a fresh audience every time you're not relying on regulars. You're like, you're going to have a constant stream of income from people that just don't know what they're expecting. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I found a medieval food thing. You know, when they go, you go for a medieval show and they have like horses running around and they serve you food. You mm-hmm. know, one of those. Yeah. I found I've never one seen one, but that's cool as hell. Yeah, I've I've never been to one either. I checked. They do vegetarian food. And I'm so tempted. Do you want to meet up and go to a Renaissance fair at some point? I, ooh, I love Renaissance. My mom made me a cloak, by the way. That's what she's been working on since I've been home. She's been making me a wool cloak. Uh, like, fur-lined hood, fastening. So, like, the whole shebang is lined properly. It's it's amazing. Um, And, 
uh, I am, I'm so stoked to wear it, but I love Ren Fairs. And there is a thing in LA where they have, like, you know how they have, because it's LA, they have filming sets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there is a, a set that is like a, a full medieval town that's just, it's a permanent set, so it's there all the time. And for a couple weekends a year, when nothing is being filmed there, they rent the set out to nerds, and people LARP in this set for, like, a weekend, just in character, completely, the whole time, in a medieval village. And I'm like, I want to do that so bad. my goodness, that pleases me to no end. I would love, but that is something I would just... Oh my god, I want to do that. Also, I just really want a comically oversized turkey leg. Yeah. Is that a thing? Where do they get those? I don't know. But I, I yeah, I want to go to like, I want to go to Ren Fair. I missed the Ren Fair last year because obviously it was cancelled for COVID. Yeah, I love going to Ren Fairs. I love, I love them. They're great. There's a Ren Fair that's pretty local um, here in Alberta. It's just like a small one in um, in a small town. And they have real cannons that they fire off during this whole time, like during the, the Ren Faire. Um, because it's like a Ren Faire slash historical reenactment thing. So they have like Saxon stuff and Viking stuff and Jutes and Danes and, you know, the whole shebang. Oh, you see, whenever you said historical reenactments, I was thinking of the Civil War stuff that we have going on around no. here. And Older then, than that. Well, Older. I mean, again, I get that. But whenever you say that, I'm like... Did Canada have like a like medieval period? We had the War of eighteen twelve. We we also had that. I know we won. Uh, <laughs> okay, and <laughs> um, no, Canada Canada didn't really have like a no, but like they they have a lot of stuff from like the Dukes of Danes, Saxons, Vikings. Mm. I don't know. again, I think, like, yeah, it just it just made me curious because that that just sounds like fun. Like again, I want to do it. Yeah, um, and then I went to a couple in the UK as well when I was really little, but I don't really remember too much about them. But my parents were really into like um, historical reenactment stuff, so it was less like Ren Fair, more historical reenactment villages, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Uh, because it was less magical, more factual, mm-hmm. but um, still medieval village style. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, I have a, a green wool cloak with a fur hood, and I'm stoked. And I haven't had a chance to write out yet. It's really heavy. It's like pounds. It's heavy. Then put it on whenever you take the dogs out. That sounds like that would be excellent for something like that. Yeah. It's No, it's a proper wool. Like, it, it was, my mom made it for me for, like, winter wear, not for, like, cosplay. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to wear the fudge out of it. But it, I have the, the clasps are in the post. Because they have yet, the it's done up with a hook and eye at the moment, which is going to be permanent, but it needs the clasp, but the clasps um, got delayed. So they are on their way. And then when they're sewed on, then it's finished. Heck yeah, that's awesome. I'll put it on the on the Instagram, on the story, uh, on our story. Yeah. So it'll, it'll, if you listen to this the day that the podcast goes out, it'll be there. If you are on YouTube, you're a week late, so it's probably gone already. <laughs> Sucks to suck. But then I'll, pro- I'll probably put it on the story again when I get the clasps in the post. Even better. So again, you yeah. gotta listen to the podcast on time. Just, <laughs> just saying, Coast Live every Sunday, nine thirty p.m. EST. Ding, ding. <laughs> yes, 
Also, our YouTube videos go out kind of randomly. They're supposed to go out at a regular time, but shit happens. Uh, yeah, that... So, funnily enough, I got a message about that yesterday. I got messaged about it, and they're like, yeah, I scheduled the video to go up. It went up wrong. And I was like, hmm, you know, I had a sneaking suspicion that I should probably check the YouTube video to make sure that it was going to go up on time. But I was like, nah, it's been going up right here the past couple of weeks. It'll be fine. It was not fine. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, YouTube just, we're just not good at uploading that one on time. So YouTube's kind of irregular. So if you're listening there, switch over to a, a, well, I mean, still subscribe to the YouTube channel because we are posting new content there. That's when my vlogs will go. Yeah. Also, episode 100 is going to be absolutely fucking massive. Yes, that's coming up very soon. Very, very soon. So be be looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, like two episodes away. Not not next episode, the episode after. Yeah, so whenever this goes live on YouTube, two weeks after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got yeah, news uh, for once. News. I, actually, I actually did my job. Ooh, <laughs> shock. I'm stunned. No, I'm just kidding. It's, Let's hear it. it. It's not a lot of big news, but it's still news nonetheless. Actually, this one is rather huge. Mm-hmm. So AMC has officially acquired Sentai Holdings. So they now own Sentai Filmworks and the High Dive Streaming Service. Huh. So I have no clue what anim- or what AMC intends to do with this catalog. However, for the actual AMC networks to have that entire catalog of shows, because I know Sentai has licensed things like Food Wars and whatnot, there's a high probability that there could be a lot more anime hitting the mainstream television market. Yeah. So that's a, like that's exciting to hopefully be yeah. able to see a lot more of that coming soon. Mm-hmm. And then... You remember that manga I told you about? About the author who made it about his girlfriend, supposedly? Maybe. Very much seems like it. Right. The yeah. Shiki Mori's Not a Cutie? Mm-hmm. And how that was supposedly getting an anime? Mm-hmm. We have a release date. Ooh. April 2nd. Okay, cool. I'm so excited. There's so much good shit coming out this year. So much stuff that I'm excited for. Speaking of, the day that this goes out, the new Attack on Titan episode is releasing. So that's nice. a that's fully kicking up into like full swing. So there's that. Um, Demon mm-hmm. Slayer. Also a new anime that's starting today that I've added to our Sunday watch list. It's like My yeah. Dress Up Darling and Cloverworks is doing it because I'm willing to give Cloverworks one more shot to not disappoint me. <laughs> And I'm actually watching this one week to week, so I'm doomed to be disappointed at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Okay, good luck. I hope that goes well for you. Uh, hopefully so. We'll see. You you may or may not get a message from me being pissed off. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. And then final piece of news, which is very exciting. Sony has announced the PlayStation VR 2 headset. Okay. So they're, the headset is actually going to have 4K HDR displays. It's mm-hmm. going to have inside-out tracking, eye-tracking, and haptic feedback. So they're like really trying to up their game for their VR thing to try to match things like what Oculus and whatnot are doing. I was going to say, Oculus is kind of the only VR headset that I regularly hear about. Um, I think you have the Vive as well, mm. which I think is like the more high-end version of Oculus. But yeah, Oculus so I feel like is... Oculus con- is- 
go ahead. more attainable for the everyday consumer. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Oculus is definitely being more obtainable, especially with their Quest line, because the Quest line has the like truly wireless, don't need a PC setup to be able to do it. Yeah. But the downside to that is that it's all run through Facebook, so if Facebook ever has issues or you don't have a Facebook, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people are, especially a lot of like young like gamers, it's snowing heavy. Uh, so. I say it's raining heavy here, so. Yeah. Ambience. Yeah, it's big flaky chunks. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of people, especially a lot of gamers and stuff, are kind of boycotting large companies like Facebook right now. Um, I know that there's a huge petition on Twitch right now because the community believes that they are being undervalued and underpaid by Twitch and therefore by proxy Amazon, because no matter how big you are, no matter how much revenue you bring in, it's a full 50-50 split. Yeah. So the entire community is like, "Mm, no, we don't, we don't like this. We don't like this at all. We should be paid more. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that, like, YouTube's having a lot of issues with demonetization stuff as well, and a lot of gamers can't, like, play games on YouTube because they have to be so heavily censored Yeah, it's as well. it's very weird, and then Facebook, I know people are having issues with as far as, like, getting payouts and whatnot from as well. So mm-hmm. the entire live streaming video game community right now is kind of up in shambles. Yeah. But... Yeah. Everything will kind of work itself out in the end for most platforms. I don't know how much longer Facebook gaming is planning on being around with the issues that they're having. And considering yeah. I don't really hear much out of the Facebook gaming community anymore. So who who's to say? Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things go. Yeah. So you ready to you ready to get slimy? Let's get slimy. Hell yeah! So, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime was initially a novel series written by Fuse. Mm-hmm. The light novel series was also written by Fuse. Manga written by Fuse, but illustrated by Taiki Kawakami. Mm-hmm. The light novel series has a total of 19 volumes. The manga has a total of 19 volumes and is still running to this day. And the anime was directed by Yosuhito Kikuchi for episodes 1 through 24. And then from episode 25 on, the assistant director, Atsushi Nakayama, went from being the assistant director up to the actual director from episodes 25 all the way through the second season. The first season ran from October 2nd, I would assume, through either late March or early April of 2019. Mm -hmm. And the second season ended in September of 2021. The first season has a total of 25 episodes, or 24.5 episodes. It's not a half episode, but it's entirely a recap episode, which let me just say, I told this to Blue. And I will stand by this until the day I die. That is the right way to do a recap episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because that was brilliant. Like, Shogi between characters just talking about the series. That's brilliant. I love that. Especially considering it's a character that you see in the beginning of the show, but isn't a huge character throughout the show. So it's kind of a nice, like, ah, it's them again. 
Yeah, and then another character that has practically zero dialogue, and it's just, it's brilliant. I love it. It was a fun time. Yeah, it is. It's really good. So, the uh, OPs are Nameless Story by Takuma Terashima um, from episodes 1 through 14, and then Meguru Mono um, by the, that same artist for the rest of the episodes, uh, well, episode 15 through 24. This doesn't, I don't know what the OVA had. So, um, Nameless Story was also uh, the ending, uh, the ED for um, the first episode. And then we have Another Colony by True for episodes 2 through 13, and Little Soldier by Azusa Todakoro for uh, episodes 14 through 24. So those are your OPs and EDs. I found them to be kind of just meh. So second core was definitely superior to the first core. Agreed. But the second OP is really the only thing that stands out to me. Yeah. From all of them, the second OP was good. It wasn't the greatest thing. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, they're fine. In yeah, <laughs> they're fine. Like, I'd yeah. definitely give the second OP, like, a seven. Then everything else can yeah. get a five. Like, it's not bad. It's not no, great. It's just, yeah, is that? It passes. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is rated a PG-13, which I feel is fair, but I have an issue with one specific character. If you know me, you probably know what I'm going to talk about here. Um, and actually, I was surprised. I, I I don't know whether I was surprised. It was also brought up in the comment section of the particular episode when this particular character is introduced um, on Crunchyroll as well. So I know that it is a conversation that has been a, uh, had around this show and around this particular character. So... This is a show that I recommend that if you are a parent with a 13-year-old child and you don't know whether or not you should watch, whether they should watch the show, I would recommend you watch it first because of the one character that I will get into later after a spoiler warning. Um, just because of... It, it, it's questionable, at best. Um, so putting that out there. It is rated uh, an 8.12 on my anime list. And uh, an 8.8 .8 out of 10 on Anime Planet. So, like an 8 point, like, yeah, yeah. 8.5 is kind of 8. fair. Yeah. 8.5 between both, which is, I feel like, a high rating. Um, if this were the first time I watched it, I'd probably give it an 8. Considering yeah. how many times I've seen it up to this point. Um, which, by the way, spoiler alert, this was the fourth time through that I've watched this, so this wasn't mm. the first time. Yeah. I'd probably sit it at about a 7.5, which I realize isn't taking off too much points, but in the grand scheme of things, it sounds bad. Yeah. But, yeah, from an isekai standpoint, it is a fun time, and it's an interesting take on the typical OP protagonist-style scenario. Yeah. But it's definitely not the greatest by any means. No, I, I definitely feel like once we put a proper spoiler warning up, we'll go into this in more detail. I I don't know. It's it, Yeah, I'm going to wait for a spoiler warning and then we can get into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has a 2.57% dropped rate, if that tells you anything. Um, it's, yeah, decent drop rate for a two-core anime. And not only uh, that, but is it it is an isekai, and isekai anime sort of have a interesting rap that comes with them. Yes. So it just kind of, you know, it's 
it's either your thing or it's not. So the drop rate percentage definitely reflects that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so a little bit of background on the show, a little bit of an overview before we dive into everything. Um, we are dealing with a 37-year-old office worker in Japan who um, gets isekai through one means or another uh, to new uh, to a new world. Um, in this new world, he is reincarnated as a slime. And when you think slime, like, it's, like, main, like, first level, you know, rats in an alley style slime. You know, like, it's a blob. Um, and he has to uh, use the abilities that has been have been given to him via his isekai process um, to establish himself in this new world. Um, and he very quickly bonds with a particular character who aids him in this process. And uh, then it's about him gaining friends as he goes on his various adventures with the powers that he has. As Brad says, he's kind of an OP character. But it is, it's not like One Punch Man OP, um, but it uh, there are, yeah, I feel like it's uh, there's a, a fairly decent give and take throughout the show. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's just standard, standard isekai. There are pups in the show, um, and uh, I will put a trigger warning for um, injured animals on the show. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah. fair. Because that made me sad. I know that it was fun of the show and everything, but it still makes me sad. So, okay. Are, are you um, talking about the wolf bit or what bit are you talking about? Yeah, wolf bit, pup. Like, they're, anytime they're injured dog type animals, I get sad. Uh, I mean, I can I can kind of see it, I guess. I like dogs too much. You know, I mean, I, I, I do love doggos. But at the same time, you know, it's a fantasy anime. You get over it. Yes, it is. Very much so. And it's not done in like a in a depressing kind of way, so it's fine. But I, I'm just putting that out there. That's a thing. The way um, that this show does death and therefore like bloody scenes like that is incredibly unique. Because the show definitely could have went with an R rating if they just showed a little bit more. So it was done in a very interesting way. Yeah, there was one moment in the show later on actually towards the like pretty pretty near the end where um one character who you've known from like fairly fairly on at the beginning uh gets a pretty intense facial injury um and that was like shocking to me because it was so different from all of the other injuries throughout the rest of the show like they were kind of like you know when you get anime injuries where it's like just blood and you don't see what is causing the bleeding oh um, you mean he, when dude got falcon punched yeah oh yeah that, i know, I know what you're talking like, about yeah it was just like that that injury was so gruesome compared to everything else because everything else was just like oh red smudge but you know? i mean at the same time though that doesn't surprise me considering whenever like, what happened with the Orc Lord whenever all that stuff was happening? And you could, like, slowly see the dissolving yeah. happen. I'm like, that's an incredibly cool set of animation yeah. that I would have liked to have seen how that played out from, like, the editing room. Yeah. Because that was cool to watch. I feel like this, yeah, this anime could have gotten a lot more grotesque, and I'm not sure if that... I mean, it would have obviously upped the rating, but I feel like it would have maybe made it more entertaining. Yeah, 
But at the same time, with things like Goblin Slayer and ReZero that are really brutal, I feel like yeah, that kind of set it apart from the pack but as I, well. Well, yeah, but I also feel like it could have been gruesome but didn't change anything else. Because with both Goblin Slayer and ReZero, you kind of get like a more intense emotion behind the characters. You get like them being really emotive over the situation. These characters, because it's kind of more of a lighthearted isekai don't ever get too emotive mm-hmm. um and so i feel like it would have been it would be kind of really entertaining to see dramatic injuries with just like a nonplussed reaction and with that being said as well one thing or sorry my brain fried anyway if the show was more grotesque that mm-hmm. wolf scene would have made you more sad though it would have that is true but regardless let's Chuck on that spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so spoiler chicken hats. Throw them on. on. Chuck them on. Yes. Uh, and one, let's I was going to say, one thing I will talk about first going into this, though, with the animation style. Mm-hmm. This show is actually unique in the fact that depending on the character, it didn't use hard black lines for the outlines. It kind of blended it in for the character. Yeah, I did Which I thought that. was incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that was just one thing that kind of tickled me, considering, you know, I like to draw. It's fun. Yeah, so instead yeah. of seeing just hard black lines outlining a character, having them go with something that's actually suited for the character for, and a lot of that kind of depends on the character too. There was a lot of like hard outlining done, but depending on the character and kind of level of significance, not having that was a very welcome change of pace. Yeah, I also have to give a shout out to the way that expressions were animated on our main character when he's in slime form. Oh, yeah. Um, because um, uh, Rimuru, obviously, I'm assuming in the manga, like the expressions would have been on the slime, like you would see them, but you wouldn't see them forming them because that sense of movement is obviously only able to be shown in the anime and i felt like the way that they did the movement of forming the slimes uh, slime into different expressions was really well done and i liked that i wasn't a huge fan of like backgrounds and food and like detail stuff i thought that was kind of like middle of the road to like just that it was there it was a thing yeah nothing was too just overly done um The CGI that was used for the movements whenever there was a lot of characters on screen wasn't yeah. too jarring, but it is there and it is noticeable. Yeah, there are complications where it's very noticeable. And um, again, it's not too bad. Yeah. Unless you just really start paying attention to it and then it's really bad. Yeah, I feel like also there were a couple of times where there was like scenery shots that just didn't hold up. Uh, I I am assuming they were going for a let's take a calm down and look at this beautiful landscape, but the landscape wasn't quite breathtaking enough to give you that emotion as a viewer. If you know what I mean. But I feel like you're trying to hold this to laid back camp standards, and well, and I is not gonna I, and is not gonna be able to hold up to that, especially a two core for a first season. I know, but I have high standards now, and if it doesn't hold up, it doesn't hold up. Ugh. <sighs> That's look at you goes. being look at you being the critic for once. <laughs> um yeah, and then okay, so 
put on a spoiler chicken out, so I feel like I can bring this up. I kind of want to bring this up right now just so that then we can go on to the anime and the storyline and don't have to talk about this particular subject. So I'm just going to kind of get it out of the way. Millim, character. Um, first time we're introduced to her, she is wearing uh, very, very small bottoms, bikini bottoms, I wouldn't even really call them that, which I would not have a problem with if it wasn't for her character. Um, reason why is because Rimuru, as he is in human form, has been established as being a child before puberty, like pre-puberty child, because he switches into a male and female form, aged up, both of them grow in height. So he is pre-puberty. That being said, he can be a small woman who just looks like she could be a full-grown woman and look very young. So kind of get that. But then she throws a temper tantrum and they compare her to a child multiple times through like words that are spoken comparing her to a child in action and then the next times that you see her she's in like the sailor school uniform style shirt and then like an overlaid dress that you would wear when you're like nine years old it's weird that they put her in such revealing clothing and give her a childlike personality and then the next time you see her dressed she is dressed in childlike clothing it's weird it's uncomfortable i looked in the comment sections of that particular episode and the episodes after where she's in and it did seem that it was a conversation in the comment section as well like people were talking about it during the show and it withdrew them from the show and that's an issue for me as a as a someone who who reviews these kind of things is it's drawing people's attention away from the storyline it's drawing people's attention away from what's happening in the show because they're too focused on on just feeling a bit uncomfortable not feeling 100% comfortable because of the character so you can have her dress like that you can have her even kind of look like that if she acts like an adult or if you have her childlike don't put her in clothes like that yeah and I can't really say much on this because not gonna lie I paid absolutely zero attention yeah to that bit so whenever you're talking about having issues with a character I kind of thought you were going to go the Milim route, but yeah. at the same time, I was like, huh, I wonder what it is. Because, again, I paid zero attention, which then again, the entire watch through of this, I didn't pay <laughs> the most attention because it's the fourth time I've watched it through. Like, and no joke, the lizard arc, I pretty much skipped in its entirety because yeah. not the best. No, I mean, it's still fun at the end. But the start of it, no, God, no, it wasn't fun. Actually, yeah, let me yeah. rephrase that. The start of it was cool with the, um, God, what race is Benny Maru and them? Uh, uh, ogre, Orc. Oh, Ogre. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. With the Ogres, like that shit was cool. And the very end was cool. Everything else in between for being a fourth time watch through was very monotonous and lame. And I did not have a good time. Yeah. But everything but yeah, else was wanted, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to say that about Millen, just to get that out of the way, because I did see it as being a conversation throughout other viewers as well as the show. So that kind of like reinforces that I'm not being like picky about stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, again, yeah. it's one of those much, much less tasteful tropes of anime. Like that's not a trope that should be condoned in any way, shape, form or fashion. Yeah. And I feel like their way of trying to cop it out is saying the character is like 2,000 years old. It doesn't make it better. No, that's like 
uh, yeah, it, it that doesn't change anything because she it's it's the way that she acts more than more than anything else that is the big issue because mm-hmm. I'm fine with you expressing the female body sexually. Like that's fine. There's no issues with that, especially like showing different types of the female body being uh, expressed sexually as well. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you have big tits, little tits, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're going to sexualize them, fine. I mean, don't sexualize. But if you're going to have a sexy character, then it's fine to have a sexy character. There's nothing wrong with that. The issue comes in is to when you have a character that is in, I would say, the most revealing outfit in the show. There are some that are incredibly revealing on the top half, but she is absolutely the most revealing on the bottom half. Um, because, like, I don't feel like 99% of women would feel comfortable wearing those if they were bikini bottoms or they were going to the beach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very, very revealing bottoms on someone who they discuss through dialogue in the show as having the temperament of a child. So that's where the issue comes in. If she was just a ma- another mature character, like, all of the other characters in the show act like grown women. If she had just acted like them... It would have been fine, but they chose the the character that acts like a child to dress that way. You know what I mean? <gasps> I realized why I didn't pay attention to that. Why? I skipped that episode. Yeah, uh-huh. there you go. Just because, again, her whole introduction as a character just didn't interest me. Yeah. And, again, maybe that's on the writing of the show. I don't know. I just remembered going into watching this, which episodes I could and couldn't skip. Yeah. And that was the one that I skipped, because pretty much all you need to know... Milam gets introduced. She's strong as fuck. She punches the hell out of a dude that Falcon punches Riegerd. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Poor <Yeah>. Riegerd. <laughs> but anyway, moving on from that, because that discussion has now happened. So all of the intense stuff out of the way. Now back to the show. Um, Business dude yeah. in real life gets stabbed and his dying wish to his kohai is to have his browser history erased because same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um and it was a funny joke it was a good joke um, it was great i wasn't expecting that the first time i watched that and then even watching it through this time i still got a chuckle out of it because i forgot it was coming yeah and then there's the the reoccurring joke where i think it's like several episodes later like i think it's quite a few episodes later where you get to see his kohai actually throwing his entire computer the entire computer into the bathtub Yes, which also gave me a huge chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, it was brilliant. I love it. Uh, so, new dragon in new dragon, new slime in a new world goes finds a dragon. They become friends. They name each other. Give big hugs. Then run away from it after eat dragon. Consume dragon. Dragon inside slime. Now they go. Dra- slime dragon goes out <laughs> into the forest. <laughs> Continue on. This this is the yeah. most brilliant explanation to a show I've ever heard. I love it. Okay, so bull slime goes forest. Uh, idiot humans come find cave. Slime leaves them alone. They <laughs> <laughs> slime goes through the forest, finds some goblins. Uh, goblins need help because of wolves. Slime <laughs> names goblins and wolves after they become friends by killing a wolf. Then Star Wolf, Wolf with Star, um, 
becomes shadow demon for slime. <laughs> <laughs> did did you have a good time watching this show? I'm this I'm, genu- I'm genuinely curious just because the show's fun. The show's fun. I oh, the way you're explaining this is brilliant. I love it. Like I'm having a great time, but <laughs> I was just curious. The first court to me was my favorite. The second court I found got a little bit messy. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll get into that when we get there. Yeah, so, now we have friends of goblins and wolves. Uh, we figure out that if you name shit, shit gets stronger. Then they... Also gets hotter. Yes. Because old village goblin got, like, super ripped and buff, and I was like, Oh, freaking dude's belly button. Who's... Go- uh, g- Gobta, his belly button gives me the heebie-jeebies. I so hate it. I don't know if you've noticed, but there were quite a few of the goblins that had outies instead of innies. The, uh, but they're not like outies. They're like a freaking tumor. Like I mean, ooh. yeah, Gobta's was pretty much a softball where his <laughs> belly button went. I do not like it gave me the heebie-jeebies. I didn't like watching it. It was not fun. That was a piece of animation that made me feel icky. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I reacted so viscerally to that. But yes, it was icky belly buttons. Do not like. Oh, this is great. Carry on. Yeah. And, oh, I will say that the one dude who didn't get hotter was freaking Ogre uh, uh, Benny Maru. He was so good looking, being his older, rugged self, and then they baby-faced him, and I was mad about it. Um, just saying. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. Other dude, the stealth ninja, he got hotter. Yeah, and then that's just a running gag throughout the rest of it as well. Is that yeah, really yeah, it's just like, damn. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they then find Ogre Buds, they become... All big buds together. They're friends. All friends. Oh, you you skipped over the Dwarf Kingdom. Oh, yeah. So they go to Dwarf Kingdom, uh, artisan friends. Yep. There's a dickwad there who pours a drink on a slime. Yeah, and um, then dickwad gets punched. Then the whole punching party gets hauled in front of the king. The king is like, hmm, you know what? We exile you, but I'll give you an option to come work for me. And Blacksmith is like, hmm, nah, fam, not today. I'm going to go work for the slime. Because the slime, I owe him a debt of gratitude because I worked my ass off on this sword. And he copied that bitch. 20 times. Yeah. Which Um, tickled me the first time I saw that, too. I was like... (laughs) Like, how, how bad would you feel if a slime was like, ha, watch this shit? <laughs> I did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, yeah, so then, um, also, Dickwad just completely, like, just poured the drink on the slime. Like, that, okay, so slime offended him, whatever, he poured the drink on the slime. The slime was sitting on the lap of somebody else, who then got a drink poured on them for no reason. Like, I'm sorry, that's just mean. Yeah, that that very mean. Don't do that to elves. Elves don't, don't. deserve that. Don't do that. No. The elves were um, so nice, too. Yeah. And so then they, Blacksmith and his buds go back with, uh, oh, they forgot Gupta, but it's okay, they found him again. And he is actually one of those, he's one of those characters that is deceivingly strong. The kind of character where you think, oh, yeah, he's yeah. in, like, four seasons time, he is going to become the master villain or something. Like, he's... 
I mean, when he got named, he didn't get a glow up, but he got a no. power up. Yeah. It just, it's never shown until he starts wrecking shit later on in the show. Well, yeah, the first time you kind of get a glimpse of his strength is in this moment where he squeezed himself a wolf. Yeah, because not all of them can do the shadow movement with the wolf and summon it. But he yeah. manages to get himself a wolf. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they go home, um, ogres happen, um, orcs start starving and start chomping everything in their path, including the orcs' homeland, or ogres' homeland. Yes. And then lizard people, which I completely skipped because it is of literally no consequence to me because this is the longest setup arc for like a one episode battle that I've ever seen. And the one dude is so annoying. Okay, so... Oh, Gobby Roo. Oh, my God. Idiot Prince Lizard is has been sent off by his father to go and recruit people in the forest because there's, a, like, 200,000 orcs coming to destroy them and they only have 100,000 lizards. So they need people so they can have, like, an even battle. So he sends his son off, the crown prince, to go and, and recruit people. The crown prince goes with his buds and he goes through, like, all of the villages in the forest and then he has one village left and his friends say to him hey when are you gonna take over the crown and he's like um i don't know yet i still got a ways to go and they're like you should take over the crown now you're like a really good prince and then he's like oh i guess i'm like a really good prince i should take over the crown i'm gonna go and start a rebellion so he goes to the village uh, to to um Slime's, I'm going to call him Slime because I can never remember his name. Rimuru? Um, Rimuru. I know it's Rimuru. I still forget it. <laughs> um, uh, goes to the village and he says, Bow down to me, you shall henceforth be my subjects. Worship me, you tiny plebs. And everyone there is like, uh, My guy, you're like not even that strong. And he's like, I have a name. I'm strong. And they're all like, Yeah, literally all of us have names as well because of Slime. So, screw you. Um, and, and he's like, mm, That sucks. And... <laughs> And I don't remember how it happened, but he basically turns around without them and goes home and uh, throws his dad, the king, in prison. And then it's like, we got this. We don't need any, any other help. And sends everyone off to go and fight the army, the orc army that that's, they've been kind of defending from for a few days because the main forces haven't yet arrived. Um, and he goes and sends them all out. And then they just, they're going to die. At the same time, Rimuru finds a snow, a snow fairy, a forest fairy, who comes out and is like, hey, you should help the forest. And he's like, okay, fine. Um, and, uh, and so then he and his team go to fight anyway. And the king, and the, the, he had already had contact with the king as well to be like, hey, we should um, join forces for this fight. Then when he goes there, he realizes that the king has been thrown in prison, Idiot Prince has taken over, and Idiot Prince is about to die. So uh, uh, Rimuru and his buds go and like fight off all the orcs and everything, and, and soon it's kind of mostly just big king orc left, and Rimuru is going to fight big king orc, which is the fight that Brad's going to talk about now. So, Orc Lord shows up tries to fight the lizard men, but then ogres show up and start sending hellfire and just ninja slashing and splitting the earth to obliterate 50,000 of these bitches in like the matter of seconds. 
because this glow up was substantial. Then Slime shows up in human form. Actual Demon Lord shows up. Oh, we forgot how he got his human form. I have to go back and explain. Uh, yeah, we we can we can explain that afterwards. Um, so Orc Lord eats Demon Lord. Orc Lord then becomes Orc Disaster, therefore Demon Lord. And then Slime is like, mm, yeah, let me let me just nom really quick, and then eats the Orc Lord Demon Lord thing. And takes on his sins, so that way all of the rest of them will be forgiven, so that way he can have more fleet, fuck, free labor for his city in exchange for their lives. And then everyone is happy, they create the Forest of Jorah alliance, the Dwarven King shows back up, and he's like, hey, let's duel, let's be friends, I want to make sure that you guys are friends, not enemies. They duel, Rimuru deflects his strongest attack, and he's like, alright, cool. You guys are fine, we're allies, we're friends. Oh yeah, by the way, you need to name your kingdom. So he's like, alright, I don't know what to name it. And Secretary Big Boob Lady is like, oh hey, let's just name it after you, because why not? Yeah, so he, he named the nation Tempest, which was the name that the dragon and him came up with as like their family name. Um, So it was like something Tempest... Forest oh, it's like uh, or it's like the Republic Jora Tempest Alliance thing. Yeah, something like that. And then they named the capital city uh, Rimuru. Um, yes. Yeah, so what we skipped over is Shizu. Shizu um, is a, a human who was also isekai, um, but she was isekai via summons. And then uh, they had a big fight with her and her demon inside of her thing, fire lord type. You know, vicious enemy, bad creature. It's the Spire Fear or Fire Spirit Ifrit, which is actually a rather common occurrence in anime. I've ran across yeah. like three or four different Ifrits in all of my anime watching, so I guess that's just like a common fire spirit in Asian folklore. So maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then Ifrit will come into play in the last episode. Trust us. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but so she. Uh, is then, like, running around with Ifrit in her for, like, the longest time. And uh, she then eventually learns to kind of control it. She has some bad experiences as a kid, all this kind of stuff. She then becomes a teacher and teaches some kids. And then she, as she's aging, can no longer control Ifrit. And so she leaves the kids and she goes on a mission. And as she goes on this mission, she kind of forgets who she is. Um, but she has this one, like memory of her wanting to find um the the demon lord the, uh who summoned her and that's like the one thing in her mind and then eventually she finds the adventurers who went in that cave in the beginning and uh they then are going on a mission to go to the village to find the slime they then meet they meet together and um slime and her become friends also whilst slime was at the bar with the elves uh they looked up to a crystal ball and said that she was his like the the being that she was the partner that he was going to be with for eternity um and it turns out that's accurate because uh, he absorbs her dead body when she dies of old age yeah and exhaustion yeah even though she looks really young but like she goes great um and then he becomes human yeah and that's how he gets the human form and then we have the millum arc because that happens um Rikert, yes. the uh 
goblin dude gets falcon punched by another guy who wants to be a demon lord, but then Milam just wrecks his shit. Yeah. And then dude who got his shit wrecked goes and absorbs a flying spirit by whatever name I can't remember. And then yeah. Milam also wrecks said flying spirit, because why not, after a big battle where the entire forest and the Dwarven Kingdom teamed up. That I found unsatisfying. I found that fight like, oh, okay. So I feel like the reason, and you may agree with me on this, I'm not 100% certain, but did this give you White Whale vibes from ReZero? Yeah. And that's why it wasn't as satisfying? Yeah, I, yeah, I, it was... Uh... I mean, first of all, they were like, we're in a land of magical creatures. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, there are megalodons in the sky. And that threw me for a loop because I was like, oh, real life sharks that were, were a thing. Okay. Uh, you know, it's like you're dealing with magical creatures and then all of a sudden there's a dinosaur. It was kind of like, it threw me for a loop. Well, also, um, remember how they said dragon corpses got taken? Where the fuck yeah. were those dragons? Like, did the megalodons just possess the dragons and then still be megalodons? Like, what the fuck? I was promised dragons, and I was given sharks, which I realize is a good thing for you because you're a big fan of sharks. But for me, I didn't like them in this context. Yeah, like they these weren't cool sharks. No, and then there's this big, big creature that I don't know the chin chin something. I don't know. I'm good. Just big creature, and um. Uh, it's got like these really intense scales that like shoot out and like you're gonna slice people to bits and stuff. Um, and then uh, they're fighting for a while and they get it down like thirty percent of its health. And then the uh, uh, Rimuru does a scan on it and it's like, oh, it's feeling angry. What's it angry about? Oh, it's angry about um, uh, Milim. And so he goes and finds Milim. He's like, hey, sorry, I stepped in on your fight. This is a you issue. And so she. <laughs> runs out to go and fight it and she just pulls like a megaman and explodes it and then that's it and it was just like they went through all of that fight to get it down 30 percent. they went through fighting all of these other megalodons they had all these giant scales that were being launched at them like blades and then she just explodes it and it wasn't like a funny oh like ah ha ha she just exploded it she's so op it was like oh okay then i guess this fight's over yeah and again I compared it to the ReZero fight, and that's why it wasn't anywhere near as good. But yeah, that happened. So they do that. Dude gets taken back by his master because he fucked up. And then Rimuru goes to fulfill Shizu's final wishes of going to look after the kids, which is where we get to deal with fairies. Storyline feels like... Feels like a longer running anime by this point. I'm feeling like it's kind of like Pokemon or Fairy Tale or something where you get like an arc, but the arc only happens over like three episodes. And then there's another arc and it only happens over three episodes. And that kind of thing is normally, in my experience, something that happens over really, really long running shows. This, in this context, I felt like it felt kind of like jumbled or like shoved together or, you know, like, I don't know. And I don't know how else they could have done it because I don't know whether or not they needed, like, I don't, I think it was just the transitions weren't great between them. It was kind of like, this happens, and then we're going to run a bit, and then this happens, and then we're going to run a bit, and then this happens, and it's been a few months, Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of, like, time skipping that wasn't the most subtle at all. Mm. But it happened. It was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So... Children, 
Uh, they're very sick. They only have like a maximum of five years to be in the world because they have been summoned, but they have too much power in their bodies. And as they are children, they cannot contain the power. So they have a maximum of five years to live before the power consumes them. So Rimuru goes to find them and decides that he's going to take them to get a spirit put into their body. Like he's going to summon a spirit and enter it in their body so that the spirit can control the high level of power that's running through their system. They go off on an adventure to go find the spirits and I guess two are of note. Fireboy gets a spirit that was like, hey, I want to be in that kid. Like, that sounded real bad. Uh, <laughs> real bad. Uh, gets a spirit that's like, hey, we would be a good match. I'm going to volunteer um, for that kid. Whereas the other ones had to like create spirits from lesser spirits. Uh, whereas he, he got like a big spirit himself. And then the last kid, Chloe, was it Chloe? Yes. Uh, she gets... One that's, like, debatably a spirit. Like, they don't really know what this creature is. I think it was a spirit of Shizu's master. Mm -hmm. Because you could tell that it was setting off, um, what's his face? Veldora. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get more info on Shizu's past. Yeah. So we get to see Shizu fight a demon and destroy his arm. And then we get to see the king of a nation is actually a demon lord and then demon that was summoned that fought shizu that guy kills demon lord king person and then that pretty much wrapped all that up and then the last episode is a recap episode but it's told from the brains of vildora and ifrit while they're playing a game of shogi yeah which i loved Uh, that was great i enjoyed that It was. So that's kind of the general gist of the show. Um, And some of our opinions throughout. Yeah. It was a fun show. And again, I get why it's one of the Black Newer Generation's top isekais. Mm. But it, in my opinion, does not hold a candle to ReZero by any shape, form, or fashion. But it's mm-hmm. still really good. Like I said, I give it like a seven, seven and a half. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. I think where I'm at with it is that it's not quite a comedy and it's not quite like an action adventure. It's not dark enough for me to be satisfied for it to be like ReZero. It's not funny enough for it to be like... Tanaka-kun? I mean, Aqua, what's the... Oh, Konosuba. Aqua, yeah, Konosuba. It's not like... you Because I know that's not... Uh, uh, isekai. Is it isekai? Yes, Konosuba's an isekai. Okay, it is. I forgot that he... How did he... Is, did he die? He did die. He got hit by a truck, but he didn't get hit by a truck. He, he, he went died. into shock because he thought yeah. he got hit by a truck, but instead it was a tractor because he was sleep-deprived yeah. and then pissed himself and then died yeah. after going into cardiac and arrest while the doctors and parents him. were making fun of him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, it's not quite as funny as that. It's not quite as dark um, as ReZero. I feel like there are others, other Iskais in my mind that I have enjoyed the fantasy element of more. The things that I like about this show, I really like that the main character is a slime. I also really like that he's OP enough to be very satisfying as a character, but there are times where it's like, ah, no, I can't hold a candle to that. 
I like the idea of him absorbing things to consume their ability. I would have liked to have seen that more throughout later episodes. I mean, I know, I know we saw it in like big things, but it would have been nice to have seen him like, huh, I kind of want to absorb this table and make more table. You know, like the small jokes kind of dissipated throughout the end of the season. And I feel like if those had carried through, it would have been beneficial. Um, I like his like robot style computer brain system that he's got. Oh yeah, Great Sage. Great Sage is cool. Yeah. Also, just the subtle, like, pop culture references of him being able to duplicate manga from his past life and showing people video games. They did Salt Bay for a second. They did. um, In in one of the shows. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff that they do, and the entire thing isn't just fantastic, but it has shining moments to where I feel like a seven to a seven and a half is about the highest I can go, but it also feels like the lowest I can go, too, because the shining moments really outshine the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it is kind of mundane in a lot of ways, but it's still fun. Like, there was nothing about it. I just hated. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six, I think, because of the reasons that I've just said. I Yeah, I feel like... I feel like this is a show that I'm going to prefer the second season of to the first season. Oh, the second season is going to be a lot of fun from the clips and whatnot that I've seen. And there's a lot more like anime references and pop culture references and stuff to come from clips that I've seen. So the second season is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the second season. And I think that's the main thing the show gave to me um, was was just like hope for the future of this show more than... More than anything else. I, I It was a good setup. I found, I found the storyline kind of crunchy in areas. And and the animation was good. And then it wasn't good. And the CGI was okay. And then it wasn't okay. And the OPs and EDs were meh. And Except for the second OP. The second OP was good. The second OP was good. And then, yeah, I don't know. I found it inconsistent. I feel like that's why I'm settling at a six. Is because the show is inconsistent. In my opinion. Yeah. But, as we have said before, and we will say it many times again, we are just two idiots with opinions. We have no qualifications. So, if you disagree with us, that's perfectly fine, and we would love to hear about it and why in the comments below or in our DMs, because um, it's with your opinions and with your conversation that how we expand our brain and our knowledge and our thoughts on what is actually entertaining to the average anime viewer because we're not coming at this from the perspective of a proper critic. We're coming at it from the perspective of what is entertaining to anime viewers. Yeah, we're just weebs. That's it. We're just just otakus. That's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That everything? That's everything. All right, plugs. Uh 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 blue the twitter instagram uh blue lavender stm tiktok blue lavender youtube blue lavender me brad carter gaming instagram and twitch um um new new twitch account for podcast with vtube things coming at twitch.tv forward slash bnb anime that's gonna be cool we also got like a fantastic layout set up panels whole nine yards so that's going to be coming soon. Uh, you get the rest. Brain no work.
Yeah, uh, we have a website, www.bnbanime.com, which is getting a revamp soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We also have links to your favorite listening platforms there. All of our episodes are ready to download straight off the episode, off of the episode, off of the website, if you want to download them straight there. We also have comment section, behind the scenes, all that kinds of fun stuff on there. Uh, BNB Anime on all of our socials as uh, the podcast. Um, next week, we have Comic Hub Communicate. I'm so excited. Yeah. Right, it's going to be 12 episodes of Bliss. I hope you're yes. ready. I am so pleased with what's to come. I watched it episode by episode as it was coming out. It's one of my favorite things that I've watched in a really long time. And like I said, it is definitely going to be in the running for our slice of life of the year. Because I, oh my god, I love the show so much. It's great. Yay. It's brilliant. I'm looking forward to covering it, so you can look forward to that. And thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye! Bye!